Welcome to the Filmed Live Musicals Podcast, a podcast about stage musicals that have been legally filmed and publicly distributed. The Filmed Live Musicals website contains information on nearly 200 musicals that have been captured live. Check it out at filmedlivemusicals.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 31 of the Filmed Live Musicals podcast. I'm your host, Louisa Lyons, and joining me today are Freya Catron smith and Jack Williams, the founders of Welsh company Bottle Cap Theatre, a company whose aim is to create bold, new, accessible, and thought-provoking theatre. Through Bottle Cap Theatre, Freya and Jack have composed multiple award-winning shows, including The Limit, about mathematician Sophie Germain, which was performed and streamed live by the class of 2020 Masters of Musical Theatre students at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, and most recently Ride, which tells the extraordinary story of Annie Londonderry, the first woman to circumnavigate the world by bicycle, and was filmed live at the Garrick Theatre in June this year and streamed on stream.theatre. Welcome, Freya and Jack. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So to start us off today, what made you fall in love with musical theatre? Oh, I feel like I've loved it, like, from the womb. Um, But, yeah, growing up, it was, um, we always had things in the house, and we we always went to see shows as well. I think I, I saw my first musical about three and it was The Sound of Music, which is still my favourite. And my grandpa absolutely loves musicals. And no one, no one else in the family is, is as keen as me or as obsessed as me. And so, yeah, we, he used to give me lots of soundtracks. And um, we'd like, listen together and watch old videos and things. So, it, yeah, it was always just very much there. And I went to kind of like a, a sort of dancing and drama class on the weekend. And the lady who ran that, who's called Pat Batho Davis, was a massive influence on me and a a lover of musical theatre and she kind of educated me in that way as well. How about you Jack? So uh, like Freya kind of watching a lot of kind of direct video musicals like the recordings of Cats and Joseph and such I remember we saw my first memorable musical I think was seeing Les Mis at age seven or eight I think and before about six months beforehand my mum put on the soundtrack and me and my dad were like, ah, this is boring. This is this is rubbish. <laughs> and then she would <laughs> keep keep playing that for <laughs> yeah two, three, four months. And within uh, yeah within that time frame, eventually we were all singing. Do you hear the people sing together? And uh, yeah, <laughs> very into it. I feel um, like that still is going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely to this, to this day. You mentioned watching the straight to video like Joseph and Cats. I, Joseph is one of my guilty pleasures. That. The, um, Same. Who's the who plays Joseph? Donny Osmond. Donny, of oh. course, Donny Osmond. Oh, yes, it's like it's such a joyful production, and I love that they filmed it as if it could be on a stage. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. so great. And Maria Friedman, iconic oh, as yes, a narrator. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm curious: did either of you grow up watching any filmed live musicals? Ooh, I'm not sure. Did you watch any, Joe? So I'm not, I'm not sure if the production of so if you compare the production of Joseph where it was kind of a, a, they tried to keep that the, theatricality but it was filmed in lots of different locations and very much not on the stage with the production of Cats which I think is quite a faithful reinterpretation of it and it's all shown on on, on stage I think that's the main one that uh, and like the lamest I mean the lamest concerts if they kind of, I don't know if they count but we Absolutely. I definitely watch those. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, 10th anniversary one, I think. With Yeah, we love the one with uh, Philip Quast and... Uh, and Fellow um, Aussie Philip Quast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he, we uh, got to see him, him in uh, in Follies recently at the National as well. He, he, was, he was fantastic. But yeah, fond memories from, from Les Mis. I think he was great in that. And I love that 10th anniversary production where they have uh, all the Jean Valjeans yes, uh, singing yeah. in different languages. Wow. So epic. How did you two meet and how did you start working together? <laughs> we met at school. So we met when we were in year seven. So we were 11 and we were in the same maths class. And Jack, what, what say the thing that you thought about me? <laughs> um... You remember? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I can't quite remember. I remember well, your, you said, your curly hair, curly yeah, hair, and uh, you said and... I have big hair, <laughs> <laughs> which you still do to this day. No, but I remember like we didn't really become like close friends until kind of like fifteen or sixteen, and but I I remember like really clearly one time outside French. We we also had French together, and I I was singing Anastasia like the. Is it Fox? It's Fox, isn't it? It's not, or is it Warner Brothers? I don't I mean, know. It's, it's technically Disney now. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it? They, finally, they, it has joined. Oh yeah, Disney finally. <laughs> and it always felt like Disney, but it, but it wasn't. But I was singing like I think I was singing in the dark of the night, what yeah. And uh, uh, Jack Jack joined in, and I was like, okay, <laughs> someone <laughs> someone knows their cartoon musicals. <laughs> and yeah, and then we start. I don't know. Jack was in a band, and I kind of did some backing. I did like support vocals for you, didn't I? Yeah, and then we were both kind of writing independently, um, composing stuff. But it wasn't till, I suppose, j- like during or just after uni that we we started writing together. Do you think? Yeah, 20, 2011, 2012. and we'd both been in a lot of kind of school musicals up till that point together, and both did theatrical stuff at uni, but mainly on the on the acting and performing side. But uh, yeah, didn't didn't put pen to paper until twenty eleven, I think. Yeah, I don't think it really clicked for me that, like, I just never really thought about the people behind musicals until I got to, like, adulthood and, like, suddenly options of not just, like, being in them became more apparent, yeah. So that leads perfectly to my next question. What led you <laughs> to composing and writing? Yeah, I think I think what happened, I think it was kind of going to the Fringe Festival and seeing, like, small-scale stuff uh, I was I did a lot of acapella in uni. It was like the main thing I did for the three years. And we used to go up to the fringe every summer and obviously you just go and see loads and loads of shows. And that's kind of where for me there was like a seed that, that planted that was like, oh, like people that people are like coming up with their own stuff and people who are like my age and some of it's amazing and some of it's really bad and I can probably at least get in the middle of that <laughs> um and so yeah so then I, I think we we decided to write something that was quite fringe friendly that's how our show Parte came about which was like a song cycle set at a house party um inspired by a house party at Edinburgh Fringe um and yeah we kind of we went from there didn't we yeah, and I think the song cycle. Um, so we saw song cycles by um, Pasek and Paul, um, Edges, and Cumin and Diamond, um, Homemade Fusion at the Fringe, mm. and like Fred. So it was fantastic to see these shows because I think we had both associated musicals with huge kind of 20, 30 strong casts. So uh, much smaller casts, four and six, and yeah, still still managing to to blow us away. And I think we really 
were attached to that idea of a song cycle because that's where our experience was at the time in in writing standalone songs in writing stories in that sense we didn't neither has had any experience really on on the book side at that point so we thought that might be a good way to to dip our toe into the the musical theater world and what background did you both have in studying composition or studying writing for musical theater yeah, we, I mean, when we started writing, we didn't have any any formal background, really. I studied literature at uni and, and Jack studied law. But we, I mean, we're both, we, I kind of say that we're self-taught, but I'm, I'm like, I'm a trained singer. And it kind of, I have piano lessons for a bit, but I wouldn't call myself like a pianist. But I write on piano, Jack writes on guitar. So yeah, we're not, we're like, we do things very much by ear. But yeah, so so um, and then we and then we did the the masters at Goldsmiths, so that gave us a bit more of a foundation, which was in like specifically musical theatre composition and production. There were like two streams, and they came to, like they came together, and we worked with each other, um, and we met a lot of really good friends there. So, <laughs> when were Definitely. you at Goldsmiths? Um, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Is that right, Jack? Yeah, yeah. And did yeah. you go together? Was like was that a conscious decision? Yeah, we did. Um, but what was really interesting about it was that the way that, that, that it, the course works is that you kind of work with different people all the way through. Um, but it was quite reassuring because I didn't really like working with anybody else. <laughs> In fact, I really hated working with certain people who, <laughs> who are also my dear friends. But <laughs> but um, but yeah, like it, it just I kind of I think it cemented our working relationship. And also, I think we was we're so used to each other by that point. It kind of feels like I just love that we like Jack and I we like we know each other so well that we don't have there's no like politeness there's no you know there's none of that stuff like if, if we like something we'll say and if we don't like it we'll say say it even 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 more quickly <laughs> yeah which is, which is handy because it is it can be quite hard to navigate that sometimes when when trying to um yeah trying to change something when it's within a song but when, when like you have Chris to said. kill your darlings and okay, <laughs> exactly <laughs> brutal honesty. Oh, that's so inspiring that you that, that you came to musical theater in such a roundabout way that it you know it wasn't necessarily what you know straight out of high school that you wanted to do it, and that you both have these really interesting backgrounds and like all this other knowledge in your brain as you come to the writing, and I think that really shows up in your music. Um, I've only watched or heard the limit and ride but the music is so smart and so joyful and so it's really cool to know that you have these backgrounds because I think that comes through in the writing thank you so much that's really kind (laughs) so let's jump ahead to uh the limit which um about uh the mathematician Sophie Germain can you talk more about uh how you came to that story yeah um I think it was interesting we kind of were like I think to give you a bit of context we kind of we were we were like coming towards the the end the end of our 20s were in sight and I certainly felt that I'd been kind of hiding from musical theatre and writing and and playing it safe I'd worked full-time in various other theatre jobs so I was in production I worked for a dramatic literary agency I was kind of just doing everything except really devoting myself to writing like I always saw writing as something I did on the side and then I got to a point where I was like you know what this is the this is the thing and I really need to dedicate more time to it and 
that was the point where I switched to working part-time um, for an education charity called the Access Project, which is amazing and <laughs> plug plug for that unexpectedly. Um, but I, I started working part-time for them and writing uh, the rest of the time. And that was when I started thinking a bit more about the kind of things we might like to do um, and where we might put them on. And I'd just seen Hamilton and there was a lot going on with the Me Too movement at that point. Um, so this would have been like 20, end, coming to end, the end of 2018. Um, and yeah, I think there was just a lot bubbling up inside. And I, I thought that sort of women from history, um, sort of forgotten women from history, that was that was something I really wanted to focus on. And um, I wanted to just, well, I, I kept going to the theatre and craving well-written female characters. And I just always inevitably left quite disappointed um and so oh, look, another wife another girlfriend <laughs> yeah exactly another love letter um and so so yeah and so we started researching and it was actually on reddit that we found um Sophie's story it was on one of those threads that was just like who were some amazing like forgotten women from history that no one's ever heard of and someone had written this really comprehensive um answer all about her so thanks whoever did that um <laughs> And yeah, I shared it with Jack and we thought this is really good. This could work really well. Like the whole kind of uh, disguise element just felt really theatrical straight away, um, which is like quite Shakespearean. And um, and we applied to Vault Festival and that was before writing any of it. I got, got it and then we're like, OK, we've got to write the thing now. Um, so, yeah, that was like that was kind of the, really the first full we we worked on another project that just we always just kept we've maybe revisited it about six times and it's still not finished um it's that that difficult I mean it's essentially like the difficult second album isn't it it's a, it's a second show that we tried to write and it's still there and we'll go back to it at some point but it is a very difficult show for lots of reasons so this became the first kind of well it wasn't even it wasn't two act two acts it was just like an hour for vault really um but the, com- the first complete book musical that that we put on um and, was the earlier yeah. project uh, the suicide shop? Yes, exactly. The premise sounds <laughs> crazy. Can, can you share for folks who don't know? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a very 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 black comedy. Um, it's about uh, but the book is based on a book by a guy called John Tule, and uh, it has a lot of heart. The book and it's about it's set in a dystopian future, and it's about a shop where people can go in and. Um, choose choose kind of the best and, and most suitable way they'd like to kill themselves. And they've got all these kind of impressive, ridiculous products. And at the centre of the story is the youngest child of this family. The family run the shop. And um, he's like sort of really against it. He's this little ray of sunshine and, and he doesn't understand like why they're doing this and he wants to stop it and sabotage it. Um, and yeah, so it's actually a story about kind of, you know, um, finding joy um, but it's a, it's a bloody hard sell, to be honest. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah. post pandemic and post the the world that we've been living in, I can't imagine why that would be difficult. But I will say, remember, I always think of Six Feet Under, which was about mm-hmm. uh, a family living in a funeral home, and yes. it premiered after nine eleven, and the network was like, "Who is going to watch a show about death after nine 11 And 
six seasons and a million Emmys later. So yeah, it yeah. may be just the, the right time for such a show. <laughs> At some point. And we're quite attached to the music. And, I, you know, we wrote, we wrote some pretty good tunes for it that the world doesn't really know about, or at least like musical theatre land doesn't know about. And um, so, yeah, I think we, we might revisit it and change, change it around a bit and, and take it away from from the, the book and make a new story that's sort of slightly related but not quite so controversial potentially yeah yeah but uh, I think I think the limit was so great to as, as a way out of that because like Freya said we we worked on that book kind of for about three or four years writing um every every weekend but wanting to like redrafting it and redrafting it and wanting to get it perfect before even daring to show anyone whereas the limit was the exact opposite of that we applied for the slot with nothing written we had the six-month deadline to get it all together um and that we was did nothing uh, for five months <laughs> <laughs> that was the impetus that we needed to uh yeah to get together there's nothing like a deadline with a public audience to get you yeah, I, that's a, that's a, that's the only way we make work like to be to be completely honest <laughs> I, but, yeah. Yeah, but, the fear <laughs> both, both, for, both for the limit and ride, I think. Um, uh, and again, when when adapting the limit into a a, a two act show, um, we had about seven or eight new songs to write in about four or five weeks, which was yeah, definitely intense. But at least with the pandemic, it, it we had time on our hands, and we had space to write. So that well, was... we've been we've been meaning to do it for about eighteen months, and then the, the opportunity at Central came along, and we were like, absolutely yes, yeah, and then commenced like four weeks of mad rewriting so how did that collaboration come about it it came about from adam lentzen actually so he was he he's done some work with central as a director and he was meant to be directing the final the the ma musical theater final production of merrily we roll along and that couldn't happen because of covid and so he suggested that they do smaller shows in bubbles, and um, and that and then from that he thought we can look at some new work, and so out of that came the opportunity for small shows that had a cast of say four or five or six, um, and we got a message from him just saying how many people are in the limit, <laughs> what's the cast number for the limit again, and then when we heard about the opportunity we were like absolutely let's do it, and so well, I think something quite unique and. Um, you know, it's one of the one of the for us a great thing that, that that did come out of this awful situation was that kind of opportunity that just wouldn't have happened. They would have done merrily we roll along, well, you know, like a, a normal year. And um, but it was what was especially amazing was that we had two casts. So because they were all bubbled, and there was I think there were how many students in total, like twenty or twenty two or something like that. So yeah, it was our show and um, Catch yeah, Me by uh, Catch by Me Chris by Chris Tawney and. Um, and yeah, and so they both shows had two casts. And so when we went along to watch, we saw like two productions, which was, yeah, absolutely fascinating. Were um, you a part of the rehearsals at all? Um, and you know what, for the first time, not really. And I think because because numbers were so strict and everything back then, it just made a lot more sense. Um, they had, you know, the maximum in the room and it was like cast, director, MD, done and um so we just came we just waltzed in at the end and got to watch it and it was uh yeah absolutely amazing I thought I could get used to this <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. 
yeah we got we got to meet uh, we got to meet the actors at the start of the process all virtually and we were able to sit in on the dress rehearsals and uh and uh and some of the early stuff but uh it was a nice experience to try and try and be quiet in a way and take a step away and see what they do with the work on their own um yeah it was, and it was just I mean, I can't describe to you how surreal it was. And this also happened with Ride. Like, it's happened twice now. But so this was... When was it actually filmed, Jack? Do you remember? Uh, so November it was 2020? Filmed, so we, I it think was, it was filmed it in September. Then. And it was broadcast Yeah, so they, they filmed it a while before and then broadcast it. But it was... Yeah, so September 2020. I hadn't seen anything. The last thing we'd done was Ride in March before everything shut down. And I didn't see any theatre. For all that time and like usually we you know we're going like a couple of times a week and uh and then went in, and saw ride not ride <laughs> and um and uh, yeah and it was just absolutely i was like what this is so bizarre like first i'm in a theater and, and it's beautiful but also it this is our show and i haven't seen it it was just very like completely overwhelming um and then the same thing kind of happened with <laughs> ride this year um it was at yeah, the, uh, the embassy incredible. theater which is now i think the um dame judy dench theater at it's uh it's the one where you just like go up I mean this is for like central people who know central <laughs> but like you go up the stairs I can't remember what the um what what the building's called like opposite Hampstead theatre mm-hmm. and it's just as be- it's a beautiful space in there and it's probably what would you say the audience is like capacity like 300 400 uh, um yeah I think so about 300 you probably know better than us <laughs> we, we don't know but, uh, um but okay, yeah it's I mean, been it was, 10 it was, years since I was there but uh, it's, it's for you <laughs> memories of walking up the stairs and across the lobby <laughs> yeah it's I mean it's absolutely gorgeous um and I think the main thing for us is that you know we we sat and watched it in a in this theater while it was being filmed and there wasn't hardly anybody in the audience just the people that needed to be there um and but it just kind of really confirmed to me that the that this new version of the show that we'd been working on like uh, in the last month or so it's just like really sort of stood up and, and worked in a, in, a, in that live space and it was just yeah I just felt that like sort of high that you get sometimes after you leave a show like a musical and it's just like ah it was great live theatre <laughs> yeah so good <laughs> and the stream was watched by something like over 20,000 people yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I was quite surprised by that number. Um, yeah, not sure where they all came from, really. But, uh... <laughs> so glad, glad they did. Um, and yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, I just it, it's just such a it is a funny thing, like thinking about it, and you know how I just remember sitting down to watch it when it's about to start, and you feel this kind of anticipation that you'd also feel in a theatre. But it's it, yeah, there's just I don't know. It's like that slightly removed feeling, but. Um, still like I felt that same kind of nervousness even though I knew I'd seen it already and and but it was going out into the world for the first time it just yeah did you watch the stream as well as being there in person you watched it later as well yeah yeah set it up on the tv (laughs) um Freya was in in person Freya was watching from the audience in in, on for the performances themselves I was playing in the band as well so yeah that was in the band the stream performances were the first time that I'd had the chance to uh yeah see the whole thing really um so yeah it was, it was great from that point of view and uh it was obviously I, I'd, I'd got a perception of how it all fit uh, fitted together from but from the other direct other direction yeah so, it's yeah, just it, it, is, it is great to see it and yeah that's a thing about jack and me and jack we usually play in the band like when <laughs> so we don't we don't often get to see and if i and i'm also direct so I sort of have to make a call at a certain point to step back a bit from directing and just go and be in the band. And it's like, 
you're playing the band and you're like watching the whole time like so it was really nice not to have to (laughs) not to juggle all of that and that's the beauty of filming is that as a performer or in the orchestra you rarely get to see the show from from the audience perspective and so the beauty of filming is that you do get that chance yeah definitely and you know it it just it, it it is I think it's so interesting that sort of before all this most people just kind of most sort of productions did like an archive film not not great quality and I think now we really see how useful it can be to have like a really high quality beautiful version of of a show um filmed and I really hope that's going to carry on has this experience changed how as the as Buttercup Theatre will you now invest in filming your shows going forward yeah, I think that, I mean, it's something we haven't really had to think about just because everything kind of so far with the things that we have filmed, it's kind of either been because it, it because of that's the way it's going out into the world or because, you know, with, with Ride, um, still there's this kind of like, are, are we going to go to the theatre? Are we going to stay in? Like, there's that, there's, there's still that kind of uncertainty. Um, but I think that, like, I think it's brilliant and I, I would definitely want to, want to, do more and and continue and, and get high quality versions of everything definitely yeah particularly uh, about making the show available to people who, who wouldn't wouldn't yeah, have the opportunity that, to, to that's see one it one of the is. best best things about it you know it can just go anywhere and yeah like theater can be quite restrictive in, in that way and it's absolutely amazing that we can you know anyone in the whole world can see i've got a friend in hawaii like a really close friend in hawaii and she can she can watch our stuff and that's just yeah that's special Absolutely. And it's it's not limited to, you know, the 300 people at the Embassy Theatre or the, I don't know how many people the Garrick sits, but, uh, it you know, I'm in New Jersey and I was able to access both of those streams and there's people in Australia. There's like what the pandemic has shown a lot of companies, I think, is that there is literally a global audience for your mm-hmm. show if, if you want it. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's fast forward to uh, to write. And what? how did you come across Annie Londonderry and what inspired you to write a whole show about her? I think it was like a similar thing of me going down a bit of a like internet rabbit hole about women. <laughs> this is just what I clearly sit and do at home. Um, but yeah, we, we how, I, I think, how did we find her? Do you remember, Jack? Was it was it through um, her? Was it through Peter? I think so. So um, it, it wasn't through her, her great nephew has, has written a book all about it. He, he runs a fantastic website um, that he keeps up to date all about her life and uh, and uh, it's, yes, it's a great trove of resources. But I think you literally found a, a two page PDF Freya that, that summarised the journey quite uh, yeah, quite succinctly and and the journey that he later went on to kind of replicate that when um when he when he got cancer um and yeah it, it just seemed like such a i think a fantastic crazy story and she seemed like such a different character yeah. to Sophie Juman as well i think that was that i think that was like the main attraction because Sophie i mean also there's so little written about Sophie that i in fact our our version does change her from from what we did find which was she was like <laughs> quite quiet and like modest and like famously held grudges for many years where she didn't speak to people we were like mm, that's probably not going to be great on the stage <laughs> um, well, never, I mean it could, it could be funny um but yeah you know with with uh Annie just this character that absolutely leaps off the page and um 
I just couldn't believe some of the stuff that 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 she was saying and that that she did. And um, I think, yeah, one of the main attractions was the fact that she she was kind of chaotic and she was, um, but was like so smart and um, like charismatic and manipulative and flawed. And uh, I just, yeah, I just couldn't wait to kind of kind try and create that for stage. Um, yeah, just so inspiring. She is just such an amazing lady, this like Jewish woman immigrant who transformed her life. And like, I, I'm obsessed with the fact that she was a mother and a wife and yeah. just like was like, peace out, y'all. <laughs> yeah, just left. And just it's left. like, and this is in the 1800s. Like, it's so unthinkable today, like, to have, you know, how, what, to think of what the constrictions on her life were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, them. It was, it was completely radical. Yeah. Um, and you know, like it was okay, in in our song "Ride," which is like about the bicycle. It's like you know, it was the first time women could go out without a chaperone, which to, to us when just they could obviously wear pants is, in public. Yeah, like all of this, and, <laughs> and it's just, yeah. It, <laughs> but it's hard to it's hard to kind of remember how how restricted and how limited things were, and when you when you when you add that to to all the things she did, it becomes even more like remarkable and, and unusual. Yeah, it's amazing. So it started, you, you booked, well, you, you applied for the Vault Festival and uh, uh, landed oh, yeah, no, there was a bit. There was a little bit before that. Uh-huh. Um, so we, we, um, we were part of something called the Ceiling Project, which was run by a company called Somewhat Awkward. Um, and they were kind of platforming short pieces um about women and so or like written by women uh, a mixture and um and yeah so we we presented 15 to 20 minutes of the show and that was the very first time that we wrote anything around it and 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 put it on its feet and, and and shared it with an audience and the songs were similar but um it was quite different it was at that Point, it was just one person it was just Annie telling her story and that was massively helpful because it realized we it made us realize that that was really hard <laughs> and we needed somebody else in there and I'm so glad we we did add that secondary character um because it, we just suddenly realized like it's so hard to like not have somebody to bounce off throughout um and yeah it just it meant that we could add a lot more depth and in terms of you know what Annie shared or, or what she was forced to share it gave us a lot more freedom with with what would come out the yeah the the contradiction between her public persona and what she the t- the tale she kind of spun uh, mm. versus what was actually true underneath yeah exactly and we kind of realized that she was never gonna she would never let that out by herself so we needed somebody else in there that could help bring that bring that about and so after the um, that first reading, it went into went to the vault festival. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, we did that twenty minutes, and then that gave us lots of food for thought. And uh, it was around that time that we also found out we had a, the spot at vault. And then yeah, similar kind of process of of writing the rest of it and trying to make it sixty minutes, which we failed to do. Um, <laughs> going from worrying about not having enough to or to having too much without fail every time <laughs> um and and yeah and and um you know working with a fantastic team um just a yeah just an incredible process and 
it, it felt like we had all these kind of little contextual things <laughs> going wrong, like our rehearsal room was sort of caught on fire. Not while we were in it, but it was on fire and it shut and we had to find something else. And um, one of our actors like broke their wrist and there were all these sort of like things going wrong, but the actual like core team and cr- the creative process was just absolutely incredible and so yeah, much fun. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, something's going to go wrong is it, in theatre, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it was just a, a brilliant, brilliant time. And I was, yeah, I'm really, I, I, I still feel quite proud of Ride. Like it's, um, yeah, I think it's the best thing we've done. And I just, yeah, I, just, I think I just love Annie so much that um, it's just really great to be able to, to share that. Oh, the more people that know about her story, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so it premiered at Vault and then like the pandemic happened moments after. Um, yeah, like a week. <laughs> and then fast forward again to um, June 2021 mm-hmm. and you did a workshop read or workshop performance at the Garrick. How did that come about? So we yes. had yeah, you uh, go for it, Jack. Sorry. Oh, cool, cool. So we had for um, at the Vault production. Um, we invited um, industry guests and, and producers along, and um, Kerry Lothian from um, Deus Ex Machina uh, Productions came along to see the show. Um, sent us a really lovely message afterwards about how much um, she enjoyed it, um, and said that they'd like to get a meeting in. Um, and that that's actually what prompted us to make the archive footage of our our first show because we. Uh, it was something that we we organised quite last minute, but we we wanted to get something together so we could show the rest of um, the production team at at uh, DEM, and yeah. Th- so then then the pandemic happened and and threw everything into flux for a little while, but uh, we were able to to meet with them over the um, over the pandemic, have meetings, make make plans for when when things um, came back together, and we were discussing a few options about what what we could do and then in the new year um they got in touch with us and said that uh yeah there might be an opportunity to showcase the show at the garrick theater which we obviously jumped at and uh yeah then yeah that, that came together and when did uh adam lenton who co-directed it when did he come on board so oh, he's been with it forever. <laughs> well, not forever, but he's he was, been he with was, it since the Vault show. Oh, right. Yeah, he was there at, um, yeah, he, he wasn't involved in um, the ceiling project, but we did debut Ride the Song at at Signal just before then as well, so he was aware of it. Um, but yeah, he's been instrumental throughout all the um, auditions and, and rehearsals for uh, for the Vault shows and, uh, and uh, Garrick. And was he yeah. part of deciding to film and stream the show, or was that a Garrick decision or Deus Ex Machina? I think I think it came from DM. Obviously, Adam does a lot of his own uh, filming and um, is kind of uh, notorious for like multitasking. And I think he was probably quite uh, keen for for Chris and and, and him and, and Matt to 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 film from um, oh gosh, what are they called theatrical 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 solutions. Um, <laughs> And uh, we basically put our foot down <laughs> and said, "No, you're you're co-directing, and uh, no, you're not doing the other thing as well." Uh, but yeah, so so that's um, but that meant that we could work with Stream Theatre or Stream Dot Theatre, and um, yeah, that was brilliant. And it was just, uh, I mean, from our side of things, it was seamless. We didn't really do much of the kind of logistical stuff, but um, yeah, it was just a pleasure, wasn't it? Yeah, and that that was a great thing about working on the Garrick production, particularly because Freya and I were so used to working with a very, very, very small core team where we had 
multiple hats that we were wearing at, at all times. So like Freya said, she was directing and in the band, I was musical directing. We were both kind of storing all the all the props and stuff like that in our respective houses and bringing them in bands every day. So it was, it was so nice to work with a bigger team where everyone held expertise in the area that they were working with. Um, yeah, it was great. And for that Garrick performance, you collaborated with the Broadway Sinfonietta? Yeah. How, what was, was that so, collaboration? Yeah, so amazing. Um, so our orchestrator is um, an, an absolutely incredible woman called Maisie Schmidt. And um, I, we, we were sort of talking with DM early on about orchestrations. And I'd just seen Ratatouille, the TikTok musical which um she did the the orchestrations for and so I put her name forward and it, it went from there and we were you know we were so 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 lucky and and, and happy to work with Macy um and it, yeah the, the 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 brilliant thing was it's it's kind of um DEM have tried this this new thing and it, I think it's happening more so often you're like a show like six kind of has a click track but also has uh some musicians on stage you know a sort of a band on stage and um it just makes it kind of makes uh smaller shows like possible really and um but but, but it allows you to have a fuller sound so we what, what the show originally was was kind of small band four piece like a folk rock sound and doing it this way with macy orchestrating we were able to get like a kind of i think like 13 or 14 piece yeah um band orchestra kind of thing and um it, and so yeah we had uh, we had a small live band uh doing playing at the venue and then the rest was recorded um by the the broadway sinfonietta which is uh which she she um created and it's um yeah it's all it's all um it's all women and it's uh and predominantly like, women of color yeah predominantly women women of color exactly and um yeah, it was just yeah, uh, just really cool, and um, you know, I was so 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 pleased that we could we could do that and make it work. So for Definitely. future and iterations, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. You go ahead, Jack. I was, I was just going to say, uh, it, I feel it elevates material so much and stuff that Freya and I kind of heard in our head in a in ideal situation. Mm. It's amazing to hear Macy bringing that to life. I think, and yeah, when when we were having these conversations. Uh, with, with Macy by email and, and her sending over even even the MIDI tracks and listening to them it was just yeah beautiful really really fantastic stuff and we should mention for people that don't know Broadway Sinfonietta as maybe indicated by the name is actually New York based so it's so cool that uh like it really speaks to the power of technology and zoom and email but also like the times that we're living in with the pandemic and everyone working remotely that you're able to collaborate with people in an entirely different continent. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, there's something that makes a lot of sense about working with like people based in New York. Cause we wake up to stuff and then we, we put, send our comments and they wake up to our comments. So it's all quite good timing wise. Yeah. worked well. <laughs> I have friends that during the pandemic, uh, he, I think he like lives part of the year in in the UK from the US and so he you know went back to went back to his home in the UK and was like really happy with his work hours because he didn't have to start work till like 1 p.m UK time oh, wow <laughs> and, yeah you know, worked for a few hours and then they clapped off and boom 
Perfection. Perfect time difference. <laughs> so for future uh, iterations of Ride, will you incorporate a fuller band or orchestra in in the show? I think, well, I think the plan is to, you know, we've got these kind of tracks and they're, they're ready to be used. And um, so I think the plan would be to continue with the kind of hybrid mm-hmm. um you know, maybe if it, if it ever got super big, you might be able to do like a big live uh, 12 piece. But, you know, this holds up really well. And um, yeah, it's just it's just a great way of sort of making it work on a smaller scale um, and not compromising the, the sound as a result. Um, yeah, so I think I think the plan would be go forward with hybrid. But, you know, everyone dreams of a, a big live orchestra doing their <laughs> songs. Yeah, the, the benefit is it makes it really kind of agile and um movable for for any any small scale touring that we wanted to do and there's also the added benefit that um i think that we're hoping to put an album together to use some of the stems from 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 those recordings uh, and put them straight on so it's it's few yeah. instruments now that we have to um assemble for that which is which is great and it uh yeah makes all sort of it easier made. yeah and I, I appreciate that this might be a producer question or a this is a confidential question uh how licensing works to have the ongoing use of those tracks i have no idea <laughs> um, yeah i think it's a, a producer question thank um, you producers the, for doing negotiations <laughs> definitely um dm were, yeah fantastic in, in covering all that side of things yeah yeah we're really lucky to have them <laughs> totally fine so it was filmed and streamed live from the garrick have you watched the capture since yeah um i think i watched i think i watched it the first day it came out and i think we watched it in like a creative call as well um so yeah it's uh and, and, and in person so we were in the audience um when it was being filmed as well which was amazing um definitely so yeah so i've seen it quite a few times actually and we got to have a bit of creative influence in terms of we got an early cut of, of it from Theatre, but they were um, really open to collaboration yeah, and, and any great. suggestions that we had about kind of doing a wider shot on a certain angle or zooming in um, here. Um, yeah, they, they were great and uh, and receptive with it. So that yeah, was- so we, could, we could basically go through, there was like this huge spreadsheet and we could go through it shot by shot and just make mark up <laughs> any comments. Oh, that's so cool. I would love to see that <laughs> spreadsheet. <laughs> As writers, how how does watching it back influence like future development of the show or how you're going to write going forward? Yeah, I think it's really helpful and I've I have to say I've always struggled to watch our stuff. Um I think because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and so you know, I'm 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 likely to to sort of not be happy with the writing in certain parts, but it's it's a great exercise, and I feel like since we've been working with DEM, like they're very keen on us watching it and and thinking about it and and the show evolving and us making. We did quite a lot of rewrites before the June version, um, which was great, and I think the show is is definitely better for it and. Um, yeah, it, it's sort of like I, I tend to try and shy away from watching it and I, I put it in a box and be like and think that's done and let's move on. But actually, it's really great to try and make the show the best that it, that it can be. And I think especially when it's well shot and, it, uh, you know, it's not just sort of archive footage that we've we've 
put together like we've balanced a camera Someone on the stairs and in, in, in the, the auditorium yeah exactly <laughs> <With a tripod. laughs> um, it, <laughs> exactly it helps you to to get a clearer sense of, of the show and 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 you know you and you can hear the audience and, and that's always helpful as well um in terms of responses mm-hmm. what would you say to other composers or writers who are hesitant to stream their work I would say, you know, I think I think that there's there's so many pros to doing it, and you know, we talked about accessibility, but you know, I feel like if you're a writer, you probably want to share your work with as many people as you can, and um, it's the best way of doing it. And um, I think it can be a little scary, and I think that um, without the pandemic, things things wouldn't have progressed in this way, and it is it is something positive that's come out of it. And I don't think I would have thought about us streaming our shows in the way that we have at all I would have probably carried on with those terrible archive recordings and but actually it's it's not just it's not just great to be able to share it with more people but it's great to have it and to use it and refer back to it um so I would say it might be it might feel scary if you're writing in theatre but it's there are so many benefits that absolutely should try and get your work um streamed and, and get it out there Definitely. I think people might be a bit apprehensive sometimes because they feel that their work is not at the, the final point. There's still work that they want to do to polish it, to, to tweak things. Um, and we were conscious that we wanted to frame it as a as a workshop production. So we, we implemented that in, into the filming and the staging of it. So it does, it does have that look and feel. And yeah uh, uh, with with that in mind we're really proud of that that going out and people being able to see uh what it what it looked like at, at that point of time and 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 having future film performances and comparing the two definitely at the beginning of the stream freya and adam you come out onto the stage and you talk about how it it was intentionally being presented as a workshop um, to make the process of creating a new musical more transparent to the public. Mm. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I think that, like, there's there's this thing around theatre where usually you, you, you would go and see, I suppose, like, a normal, I guess, like, an average person's life would be, you know, they might go into London if they live in the UK a couple of times a year and see a big musical, and that's that's the extent of their experience when it comes to seeing theatre and you know, I think I think for any any um, medium that you're interested in, to be able to be a bit of a fly on the wall is really fascinating. And I think that the way that we uh, sort of presented Ride with some uh, some parts on book, and we incorporated the way this the, like we incorporated the script into into the, the story, and it kind of tied in with with the various like narratives going on. Um, and it just gives it gives the audience a sense of like what it might look like in rehearsals or like you know there's that sort of in between stage of, of it being on paper and it being perfect and um, set and then there's this middle messy stage and I think it's you know that's that's really part of the fun as well and, and audiences don't usually get to see that um, so yeah it's kind of coming at it from a different and I think also there's a there's there's a kind of I think a lot of people just don't understand the level of of work and time and and everything and that's involved in in getting a musical to that point and and, and there's you know a kind of cultural thing around musicals not being um, I don't know as, as as smart as plays or as refined as plays when actually they you know they're harder to put on that's why fewer people put them on because they're harder and 
more costly and <laughs> all of this. And um, yeah, so I think it's really nice to share something that isn't just um, shiny, shiny finished product as much as we want to get to that stage as well. Um, there's something, I think there's something about bringing people into the process and, and you know, sort of hopefully even building more of an audience for, for musical theatre and the form um, in doing that. Definitely. Absolutely. It helps it really helps demystify the process and another thing that very and I love to do is, is listen to when they're available writers demos so um that there's one's available for the book of mormon and cabaret and it's fantastic to hear the right yeah hear the writers play it on on fairly basic instruments with early drafts of lyrics and seeing how those early drafts came to uh yeah, came came to be the fully fledged thing, and some some haven't changed at all, and some are completely different songs. And it's um, yeah, really great to have that um, have that insight. And it, I think it that demystification can like as as a writer, I'm not sure about you, Freya, but it 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 gives me hope that these things weren't always perfect, and it makes me think Absolutely. that, that uh, other writers can get to that that level as well um even if you don't have all the the fancy orchestrations at this point all the fancy equipment if you get the bare bones of the song um working there it can still feel like magic and it still does on some of those early demos mm-hmm. as well when, when they when they hit the right songs oh, yeah tr- yes 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 the uh, i love um disney release like special albums of like uh, the Little Mermaid and like those uh, early classic Disney with Alan Menken and Howard Ashman just They're sitting at a piano. Favorite. They are literally my favorite thing in the whole world. Like Howard Ashman like, doing a Poor Unfortunate Howard, Souls yeah. is fantastic. He's my it? he's my hero. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. what's the Aladdin song that's in the musical but not in the movie? Um, proud of, proud of boy, the boy. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm so glad we've got and 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 like part of your world, like the, all the stuff about like turning off the lights with um is her name Jodie yeah originated yeah, Ariel yeah. and oh just yeah it's it's like gold dust it's you know if you are if you love musical theatre then that's like that's the stuff you really want to see because that's that feels so special doesn't it and speaking of developing new work in coming up in October, although when this goes to air, it will have happened. Um, oh my gosh! Your new okay. show, Echoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, yes. Um, chamber musical sessions concert at the Garrick. Can you tell us more yes. about that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jack, do you want to say something? Um, so this was uh, a, a commission um, that we got from ALP um, Analyst Productions and Aria Entertainment, um, where um lots of writing teams applied and we made the short final short list of 15 and we were lucky enough to be selected as um one of the final two teams that the award was uh, was given to um so yes yeah, another another two-hander um like ride but an original story um set in the modern day um and it tells the story of a relationship uh, between two women um one a a student and another a a lecturer but a young, a young lecturer, like a, a how do you describe it, Freya? Kind of like a, PhD a teaching associate. Style. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm doing a residency at the moment at Norwich Theatre Royal this week, and so I've been working on it um, and working on like a particular song, um, and hopefully that'll be one of the songs that we show at this concert um, in October. And yeah, I mean, it's the first time for a while that we that we've done something that doesn't have source material, and it makes it kind of made me realise that I often like I will usually lose myself in like 
research and reading and it's a really great way of putting off writing and I that <laughs> I like try and learn as much as I possibly can and, and also that just helps not to not write it and, and get to that point where you have to be like oh now I've got to do it um whereas you know we're, we're creating these these characters from scratch and we've created a story around them and I guess um yeah the kind of like USP about the show is that um say there's 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 um two acts and one act is is from one person's perspective and the other acts from the other um and so and and what we're aiming to do is kind of shift the audience's perspective on on who they're kind of siding with and why and what the and also lots of things will kind of come out um in part two about you know what what actually kind of happened in in the story and yeah (laughs) it's early days but that that's the goal Exciting. Yeah, and some of the details are a little bit fuzzy, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> well, you have a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always helpful. <laughs> and I'll include, I hopefully it's still streaming when this goes to air, and I'll include any links that are available because I know the concert will be streamed. So I'm really oh, looking yeah, forward fab. to that. Uh, so I yeah. have a series of quick questions that I ask all my guests. You <laughs> yeah. don't need to think about it too much. Whatever comes to mind is good. There are no <laughs> wrong answers. <laughs> to start off with, what is your favorite musical? <laughs> Sound of music. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. Great one. It, I mean, it changes. All, changes all the time. I'd say Merrily We Were Along or Little Shovel Horace. Oh, I love that shot. Oh, such two diverse answers. I love it. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite filmed live musical? Yes, mine is Rent at the Hope Mill. Mm, I wish I'd seen that. It wasn't available in the US. <gasps> so good. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was region locked, wasn't it? Which is, which is disappointing. I loved it. Was that, was, was that a rights issue, perhaps? In, in terms of... Licensing, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed some, seeing some of the, the new filmed musicals on, um, particularly the Playhouse. Oh, I yeah. really enjoyed The Fabulous Fox Sister uh, by Michael Conley and Luke Bateman. I thought that was really well done. And I enjoyed the, the workshop production as well of Brother, um, which is a new musical by Robin Samoa's Silva and Annabelle Mutali Reed, um, and like, like we said before, it was fantastic to see what the show looked like at, at that stage and what it will look like in the future too. Mm. Oh yeah, and also um, like all of Ab- Adam Lenson's signal, like digital signals, because it's just I love that because we did quite a few of his in-person ones at a hospital club, and there's just something extra special about kind of seeing everybody's houses. <laughs> <laughs> and like you still feel like you're coming together as like a set and like a collective to do a specific signal but you're like going all over and the fact that he can go all over the world as well so you know there'll be people all over the place doing doing a signal um, and yeah as, as right as writers it was so exciting i think to perform because you haven't got those same um location restrictions it meant that adam could get some bigger names involved so performing yeah. it alongside the writers of come from away and spring awakening, spring awakening um, yeah, yeah really amazing and people who really excelled their craft is fantastic Mm, great choices. And I, I love that as writers, you are engaging with other writers and all the new work that's happening. And there's so much coming out of the UK. It's very exciting. Yeah. So a filmed live musical, it's not exactly theatre and it's not exactly a film. So what should we call it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, should we, should we make up a new word? <laughs> like a film... No, I'm not gonna, I, I don't know if I've got anything good. <laughs> <laughs> I just had some, please. <laughs> Come on, Jack, you're good at this. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> a musical live. 
music alive. <laughs> That's a bit, no, because musicals are live. So I don't, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. I think, yeah, film, the film thing is, um, blurs it, doesn't it? Because I think we've got a clear idea of what a movie musical is, which and I also love those. Um, but it is a different thing. Digital musical? Digital live? I, mean, I don't know if there's a way of doing it without coming up with a brand new word. I don't know if we can do it in a concise way. <laughs> yeah, and it's particularly different, difficult because even within um, filmed musicals, you have different subsets of whether something is live streamed or whether they've had the chance to edit oh, yeah. it with different, uh, different camera like, angles. How live are we talking? You know, Is it live live or is it it was once live? Yeah. Or... yeah. <laughs> Very complicated. Um, where do you stand on bootlegs? Uh, they kept me going (laughs) I I mean uh, I've watched a lot of slime tutorials in my time Um, yeah um, I think I don't know it might be a different story if it was our stuff you know (laughs) hypocritically Um, but I think there's there is Obviously, it's better to go down the official route and say watch Hamilton on Disney Plus or whatever. But um, it's kind of nice kind of feeling like, I mean, the quality is always a bit rubbish, isn't it? But I quite like feeling like I'm in the audience, like with someone's shaky camera. Um, And I think, you know, sometimes if there isn't, I think sometimes like you, you succumb to a bootleg when there isn't another way and you know something's on broadway and you really want to see it but you can't get there and they don't they haven't released a streamed version and you find it on youtube and it hasn't been taken down yet and if you're if you're as obsessed as we are it's kind of hard to to not engage with that i think yeah i think what people people's worry is that it will cannibalize um sales but like freya said very often it's people who aren't able to access the show for for one reason or another be that budget or be that location and I, I feel that if if those people then do happen to make a trip to to Broadway or London, rather than making them less likely to see the show, I think it probably makes them more likely yeah, because they'd like to see the, the real experience it, and they have a bit of uh, insight into into what the show is. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I know that many people online have been initiated into musical theatre through through bootlegs alone. So obviously, there's there's, there's good 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 there. I think like also I think some producers were willfully leaving stuff up over lockdown because it 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 you know it keeps it keeps audiences engaged when they couldn't go and see the live show um so yeah there was some stuff that I was kind of at first a bit like I'm sure this would have been taken down usually <laughs> um and it's it was still there and I was like oh, okay yeah <laughs> and obviously it's not the same thing but it's interesting to see how um some producers are incorporating that audience filming into pieces so mm. you've got the the mega six at the end and they actively encourage people to film it and put it online there so so trying to um give people a, a, a glimpse of the show and and showing how every night is different there is yeah but also bring order and be like this is the bit that people can watch online rather than get the whole show for free yeah mm. Great answers. Uh, what stage musicals do you wish had been filmed? Oh, all of them. All the ones that were like all the original, um, all the original productions of things before we were born. Like, I'd love to see. I'd love to see like all the original 
sometimes I'd love to see the original chorus sign I'd love to see I mean I don't know if any of these if if any of these are filmed I need to go and find them um I'd love to see like the the original off-Broadway rent um yeah yeah I'd love to see it as much as possible yeah, it, it's fantastic to have the, the closing night rent that they they filmed, and as well as Sunday in the Park with George original cast and oh, yeah. um, Into the Woods original cast. Great that those um, those exist. I guess something that's like, what are some things that kind of got forgotten? And you know, they sort of really rare or like cult cult shows that that maybe didn't have such a following. But I can't think of any off the top of my head. But you know, those ones where you're like, oh, I wonder, or like, I'd love I something like seen... a. So go on. No, no, go for it. I'd love something like a Rocky Horror Picture Show at the the Royal Court with uh, oh, yeah some God. of those uh, famous faces like Tim Curry and uh, yeah Richard yeah. Bryan. Then that would be that would be brilliant. They did a reunion concert for the fiftieth anniversary of the Royal uh, Court, they? which they did film. I can't remember if wow. it's that one that's available. There's two that were filmed, and one is available and one isn't. Um, where they reunited some of the original cast, but like having the original production would be unbelievable. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So going forward in the future, what what do you hope will be filmed? I guess uh, I guess like uh, my priority would be stuff that's on elsewhere that we can't get to um, that isn't necessarily going to come over. Um, so sort of like the big Broadway offerings that we we don't know the future of. Like I'm just I just feel so glad that I saw the band's visit. Like on Broadway, that, that would be great like, for, yeah. for a pro shot of actually. That's that's it. That's a good. Answer. Yeah, because I just I just don't know if that's ever going to come over, and it was just absolutely incredible and kind of changed the way I think about musicals and, and what they can be and and what music what 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 music in a musical can sound like and the story and everything. So yeah, I, I think and you know some of the like stuff that's off Broadway as well. Um, yeah, just just as much as possible from overseas. Um, I've yeah. listened to the soundtrack of A Strange Loop a lot, and that that's um, that's brilliant. Yeah. So I'd love to see. Uh, uh, there are some kind of obviously pro shot clips online, promotional clips, but uh, uh, a pro shot that the whole thing would be would be amazing. Mm. I wonder if that will. Um, I wonder if that will go to Broadway in any. I, in well, any, there's rumours. It's. Uh, opening i think it's at signature theater in um virginia oh. it's it's going to be it's part of their next season and oh, they tricky. they have filmed things like they've streamed quite a lot over the pandemic so i've i emailed them to ask if that is going to be streamed because <laughs> um, that would be amazing because they have the capability of of streaming yeah. um but it's it's rumored to be a pre-broadway tryout so fingers crossed That's okay, great. yeah Oh, this has just been so much fun. Thank you both so much. Where can we find you online? Um, we're on Twitter. Um, so our, our so my Twitter handle is um, Freya Smith, but with two Fs at the beginning. At Jack R.B. Williams. And our and drink one is... We are Bottle Cap, is that right? Yeah, yeah at And our website Cap. is Bottle bottlecapsyester.com <laughs> I can't believe I blanked on the website um, <laughs> um, yeah you know thank you so much for um, having us Louisanne also for all the absolutely incredible work you're doing like I just couldn't believe the level of detail on your site and you know just 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 speaking personally in terms of like seeing all the stuff about Ride like I've never seen all of that information in one place it was really <laughs> you know it's quite incredible to see it and it it was just 
it's amazing to have that resource. I'm like, I want to share this with everybody. Um, and, you know, this whole catalogue of, of everything, it's just, yeah, it's so valuable and, um, like, really, yeah, much needed. And so, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for doing it. Oh, yeah, really thank fa- you. It's, it's truly, it's such a joy. But thank you both so much. It's been an absolute joy to speak with you today. You too. And, and thank you so much for inviting us. Filmed Live Musicals makes musical theatre more accessible, brings joy and creates a sense of connection for audiences around the world. With thanks to patrons Josh Brandon, Elliot Charles, Rachel Esteban, Mercedes Esteban Lyons, James T. Lane, Al Monaco, David Negrin, Jesse Rabinowitz and Brenda Goodman, David and Catherine Rabinowitz, and Beck Twist for being a part of spreading the love of musical theatre. If you would like to join, you can do so by becoming a Filmed Live Musicals patron. For as little as $3 a month, you'll receive early access to the Filmed Live Musicals podcast, early access to site content, and a weekly newsletter with info on upcoming streams. Visit patreon.com forward slash musicals on screen to learn more. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening.